Welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. Welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. And look, we have not just one little figure, we have two figures today, all from the Great White North, our friends from Canada. It's a right. whole, all Canada all the time. We did not get our, what was the food we were supposed to eat? I never heard of it. I, I would P- not remember. P- Pouline, poutine, what's that? The, uh, poutine. Ah, poutine. Yes, people are like, uh, we put a, we put a uh, poll up and we put uh, a beaver tail, a you Caesar. Put, you put um, the poutine and something else. Canadian bacon, which Canadian is Canadian bacon, which is basically uh, So, of course, they mocked us, and they said it's just basically ham, so. Mocked you. Well, that's true. They mocked me, so. We uh, should introduce our guest. We should introduce, and, and where are we from today? We are from the Dragon's Lair. Oh, from the Dragon's Lair. Awesome. Does that mean anything to you guys? The Dragon's Lair? Oh, yeah. Lair? Okay. We'll talk about that. That's bench. We'll talk about that. So, yes. So, let's introduce hey. our guest. So, today on our show, we're very happy to have Kelly Villamere. Uh, the creator of First Encounter magazine that was published in 1982 and 1983, as well as the writer of the Lair of Medusa module. And we also have Eric Hotz, who, is, who was the illustrator for much of First Encounter magazine, as well as the Lair of Medusa module, and is currently a full-time illustrator, artist, and creator designer. And they are both in Canada. So welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Good morning and good evening. Whatever it is for you all. Yeah. Uh, I live in the central Canada, and he lives on the west coast. Okay, well, so good morning and good night, basically, for, for Eric. <laughs> so, uh, so what we like to do here, so James and I, just to give you a little bit of background, we got back into D&D after being out of it for 25, 30 years. And what we love now is, with the Internet, the ability to discover things that we didn't know about back in the day. Uh, and one of those things that we discovered was First Encounter Magazine and the Lair Medusa module. And so we're really looking forward to asking you guys about that. Uh, maybe you could each start by telling us a little bit about how you got into role-playing games. And maybe Kelly, maybe start with you. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the figures. Okay, I went to this guy's place. I didn't really care for him. And he was at the- and I said, where'd you get those? He says, down at the mall. Now, this long time ago, the figures at the time were 60 cents a piece. <laughs> now they're a lot more. So I went there and I spent $60 the first day. Wow. And I bought the first original Monster Manual. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had never played the game, but I knew a bit about it. But I lived in Regina at the time, which is central Canada. Yeah, that. Now, see that book? My goal was to have... In miniatures, every monster from that book. (laughs) (laughs) But I have every figure from there. And my guys that played were afraid because they knew if it said 40 to 400 orcs, I would have 400 orc figures. (laughs) I could could whip that against them. So that was my goal, to have all those figures. So I was into the figures first, and I used to take them on the road with me uh, and paint them. And I would read the Monster Manual all the time. And when I moved to Vancouver, which is like the gaming capital of Canada, um, I went to a wargaming club. And uh, uh, there weren't a lot of D&D guys there, but um, 
Hold on. Orcs didn't care for the D and D. Hear that? Yeah, we. Yeah, you broke up just a second. Sorry. Okay. The war gamers didn't care for the the D and Ders, and they made us go on the stage. It was like a gym, but there was a stage, and we we were like second class citizens. We had to go on the stage. They didn't want to be near us. <laughs> Isn't that true? Oh, that, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know the club you're talking about because I, I I still belong to it. Yeah. <laughs> do they? Do you still make the RPGers play on the stage? No, uh, they're actually pretty ma mainstream now. Okay. They play uh, fifth edition, but there's there's at least two or three groups that play now. Okay. Awesome. Go ahead, Kelly. That's funny. <laughs> Which is silly because it it is miniature gaming. It's it's still gaming. I don't know why they were um, why they were chastised like that. I think well. it's silly. Well, everyone's got, I guess, you know, look down on somebody, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just go ahead, Kelly. So, I used to have, one time we played every friggin' night, D&D, at my place. When I started playing, I, I've only bought one module, the Keep of the Borderlands, B1, I think that is. Just to get it, and I read through it to get an idea of how it's done, okay? And then I seen some people play, and that's where I got the idea. Now, I've never run a module. I've always done my own ideas, all original, with my warp sense of humor, as you know about. So, uh, that's just what I do. I, and and I, to today, even today, with the guys that I have playing, they're spoiled because it's all original. And I have all the figures, I build my own sets. Mountains, hills, rivers, buildings, uh, my own storylines on a computer, and the figures. Uh, if there's going to be 400 orcs, i got to have 400 orc figures, and they know that. So, um, I, I was in the miniatures first. Speaking of miniatures, I have to say this. Eric killed me because I went to see him. I used to visit him at his house. And we'd be talking, and he gradually, he just casually picks up this toothpick and starts painting with it. And I've never seen anybody paint with a toothpick before. And he's unerring painting skills. He He's very modest about it, but he blew me away, this, his painting skills with a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that. So, very talented. So, so Yeah, so Eric, so maybe you could uh, let us know this. So you mentioned that you had played D&D in high school because obviously you're, yes, you're known yeah. for your artwork now, but you were also a player. Yeah, I started like he he, he uh, Kelly went to the Trumpeter Club, and that's where I started. Nineteen seventy six, in February nineteen seventy six, I joined the Trumpeter Club, and there's a whole bunch of guys who play all board games, miniature games, but also D and D, and that's how I got introduced to the, the you know the white box with the three little booklets, and so I introduced some of my friends in high school to do that. So we played that for about three four years, and that's how I got into D to playing D D originally. Okay, and how did, and when did you first start getting into art? Were you, were you doing art at that time? Uh, I was doing well all through high school, but I, I was first published in the Space Gamer magazine when I was in grade twelve. I, I sent some artwork in, and I got published in the July, June, July, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, that's very impressive. That, that's my first time I ever got published, and then I got published in the second edition. And then I went to art school. Then I didn't have time to do that until I got out of art school. Right. Okay. Great. And. Um, so, uh, so you guys were gaming together. Uh, it's, no, you were not gaming. No, not we did not. I never saw him at the Trumpeter Club. And it's kind of one of those things we just probably just missed each other, like two ships in the night. Okay. So, so how did you guys first get introduced to each other then? 
Eric, I think, sent me a letter. Am I right? No, you. Uh, somebody told you at Ben's shop about you were looking for artists. Right. And Ben knew somebody, so he asked somebody. I don't. I don't know who it was, and he knew me, and I, and I don't know who that was. And then I got a phone call when I was working because I worked in archaeology. I was up north. I got a phone call from the, from the payphone that somebody wanted to talk to me, and it was somebody saying, "Yeah, this, if you get back into Vancouver, I got to talk to this Kelly. Here's his phone number. Talk to him." He wants you to work on his magazine. But I, think, I think your first edition already came out, and you wanted someone for the second, third onward. Yeah, that's how I got. And then I, I was, I, I got out archaeology at almost the exact same time you started working on your second edition. Yes, that's true. I think you came on board with the second edition. I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think I've done some research, but I think I have an idea of how how desperate Kelly was for an artist. On the back. On the back of one of the issues, number seven, so you got to do real research. Always look at the back cover. When you look at the back cover, your annual is coming out, and it has pictures of the covers of each of the first four. Yes. And on number one, it says... <laughs> no cover. No cover. And it says... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know any of this. Maybe I shouldn't disclose this to Eric. He's going to be like, wait, I thought, you know... You mean I was the only one that that applied? Yeah. So it says cover contest. <laughs> send in oh, your right. yeah. send in your art. It could be the next. So so this this brings us to of course First Encounter magazine, which was published in eighty two and eighty three. And Kelly, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about when you decided and why you decided to do a fanzine. I, I I'm a big fan of the Dragon magazine when it came out, but. I still felt it was lacking something, and we always came across problems in gaming that we thought they haven't covered. Um, people didn't know what the pole arms looked like or the siege engines. Uh, you know, you, they're just words. And uh, so I tried to cover a bit more details about that. Uh, poor, poor Eric. I, you're, you're, you're a poorly paid artist for the work you did. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know that part. True. <laughs> I gave whatever I could, but most of the money I got, I kept sinking back into the to the magazine, okay? Yeah. I kept sinking my money back into it to, to better the quality of the, of the print job. I had a lot of learning. It did get better. Yeah. You've got to remember, okay, this is in, in, the, in the early 80s, okay? The first two issues, maybe the first three issues, I produced on, a, on an electronic or electric typewriter, an IBM typewriter. No computers back then. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah. It's true. I, so I couldn't do justified right-hand margins like you'd see in a newspaper, okay? It's just left-hand margins. No justified right. And then by issue three or four, I met this guy. I can't remember his name, but he he would... He would uh, and he would word processor. And then I'd lay it out. But there was always typos I had to get corrected and, you know, grammatical and, and layout problems because it's the more hands, the more problems, right? But he did a good job, and that was part of what I had to do to improve the quality. Um, it was always every issue I tried to improve more pages, thicker paper, whatever I could. Eric was great because I would say, this is what I want on the cover. This is what I want inside. on the, And he'd do it. He'd do exactly what I told him. It was. He always blew me away. Uh, you were showing me the number four with the, 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 the 
being, yeah, I said, would have known being attacked by a bugbear. I just told him that and he, he comes up with that. I love that. That's what and, he always did. And just, and, and to defend, uh, to defend uh, uh, Kelly not paying you as well as you should have been paid, <laughs> I, I noticed, I'm going to defend you here, I noticed that the, the magazine was free. Original, yes, it so, was. so it's not like you were getting rich off of First Encounter magazine. Well, uh, I had it where I would the, the business, the shops would get copies of them to give to their best clients, and depending on their ad, say they put a half card size ad, they got twenty five copies. If they did a card size, they got forty copies. If you did a full page ad, you got two hundred copies. So. The more, the bigger the ad, the more copies you got for your to give to your customers, and um, that's that's the way I, I I kept it free as long as I could, um, and then we went to two dollars on number six or seven. I can't remember. Yes, it, and it, it was another issue. And so, 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 uh, Eric, maybe you can jump in and tell us. So, so when you were asked about the possibility of drawing for First Encounter. What was your reaction, yep. and, and how did you then ultimately agree to do it? Well, it's, it's just something I'm interested in doing. Like at that point, I was working for college professors on archaeology sites, doing government site reports, doing artifact illustration, and a lot of what Kelly was asking me to do was, was like, you, you had, like, pole arms, you had swords and arrows, you wanted to do diagrams of those. Well, that's all done to the Canadian standard of archaeology illustration. So I just rendered it to that. So a lot of what he was getting me to do was what I was doing for archaeology professors in, in the same style. And then I, and I didn't mind doing the fantasy stuff uh, because it's also what I'm interested in, medieval fantasy work. And it looks like, and I don't, the first edition that had artwork on the cover, it looks like it was issue number two. And I don't know if it, you're clearly, I can tell, you're number three for sure. I mean, that, that looks exactly like yeah. your work. I can't remember. It's it's not. It's clear. hard for them to see. Is that a the castle picture? Let's oh. see. Let's see if we. Uh, yeah, that, no, hold on. You see, yeah, that's you my see that? like, castle one's also my illustration. Okay, so that was the first. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's what I call what would be like cartoon style. Yeah, this is the one you have to point. Oh, to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're new to this. This yeah. little guy right here. Don't see. We have two cameras. We have one for the internet, and we have one to talk to you. And so, of oh. course, Dan's pointing to the the other right. one. So. Right. That's why I'm quiet. I'm just, I'm like the wizard behind the thing right now. So I apologize. It's, 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 so where should I hold this? So this is you should hold three. that right there. There you go. You yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. One of my favorite. One of my favorites. So you can just look. Was, up, I think we did. Oh, yeah, right so that was on. Yeah. So there's number right, three. The swords. Yeah. Because I, I was at uh, VCon last year, and the, and they had that one for sale. And one of the booksellers was selling that for seventy five dollars. The, the the magazine. Oh wow. That it did. Number two, they had they had them all, including I think also the role playing module. I had, I don't know where they got it from, but they had them all in plastic wrap, and they were selling them. And I hadn't seen them I, like as a set like that in years. Don Edwards found the first issue for ninety dollars on the internet. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's one of my worst, but <laughs> you do. <laughs> and there's number four. Oh, the quality got so much better. I don't even have a number five. I don't even know what it looks like. Well, can't remember. We'll get a picture for you. And so, unfortunately, I left this here. And when I came back, James had colored it. I in did the not cape. color it. No, somebody did. But I that's, did not. Yeah. So somebody colored it's, it. In the cape. Uh, that's good. What I like about this, Eric, if I ask, what I like, I noticed looking at this last night. This is the only actual copy that I have of all these. The other ones are just going to be pictures. 
is uh, you've got a little, you've got a die down there, which I thought was a nice. Oh yeah, I think somebody suggested. I think it was John Edwards that suggested that. Just always put some little object in there, and then just he said, just do a dice, put a dice somewhere in the cover. That way, people have to go look for it. Yes, I think the dice is in every single cover. I think I don't. I think it's one of those hidden sort of. Yes, I like think he did. Yeah, he did. He did. We'd look for that. People would look for that. Little little things. Uh, John Edwards, I have to give a big thank out to because he drove right across Canada and picked up contacts right across Canada for my magazine, like Regina and Saskatchewan, and he just went over. He he was very instrumental in, in spreading it and making it a coast-to-coast -coast, uh, Canadian uh, gaming magazine. Was it like a day trip to go from uh, oh, God, like no. half an hour? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Half an hour. I'll tell you about the. It takes, it takes forever to get through Ontario. Ontario's like Georgia. It takes forever to get through it. <laughs> well, we know Georgia. Oh, it does I've take driven time. the state, yeah, so Georgia, Georgia takes Georgia forever never to get ends. It never ends. And here comes number five. I think this is a very cool. They're all very cool. I really like this one too. Yeah. This is why it's a. It's just this. See, it's a ship batter. I don't have that. Copy. I haven't seen that one in years. That one. I don't have it. Yeah, that's. I'm uh, sure I have every. Copy. But I don't know where they are, and I haven't seen. I haven't. Seen, I haven't come across that that issue in a long, long time. Oh, so you have them somewhere in your house? Yeah, I have a in my studio. I have a storage container. They're usually there, but I I, I never throw them out. Uh, so I know they're around. I, have, I haven't actually come across that yeah. edition in quite a while. So it's maybe it's lost. I don't know. So Eric, there is a, a running thing when we have guests. We ask them what kind of archive. You know ancient treasures that should something happen to you or if we come by your town we also, yeah we usually have to ask your address uh, right we point, usually ask we? your address and where <laughs> we have something at. to send you yes we have some packages <laughs> we want to send you a nice gift and then <laughs> we, we come in and, and see if we can uh, help ourselves with stuff. no we're just kidding that was it was an awkward moment we were talking to one of our i, I, I have a i have in a, i have a storage unit with because i when you do work for tsr they give you like five copies Oh, I got you. I never got rid of them, so I have like five copies of everything I did, and it fills up like three or four bookshelves. So I, so I awesome. do have treasure in a sense. Nice. Well, now I'm looking for the die. I can't find the die. Now it's like, where's Waldo? And I'm, there's something Might be. down. Pretty sure it's in every one. Oh, boy. Well, you know, I've only got a... It's actually the same. The color, the color of the cover is dead on. That's the light blue. That, you must have got that off the internet somewhere because it's, it's the right color. Yeah, it is. Well, what this is, this is from, I think, you know, you can find photos of these and then, of course, you know, for places that are, would sell them if they were available. And then it says, of course, not available. There's a couple uh, issues available. I think they're about $30 uh, on the uh, on one of the sites. But I, I love that color. So what would you say? So, uh, Kelly, what would you say to Aaron when you wanted this cover? So these, were the, was the idea for the cover always your idea? Kelly and then um, Eric would would draw it or would sometimes the theme for that was Corsairs, I think, right? Pirates and Corsairs or something. There's always a theme for every issue. And I said to Eric, do some sort of ship battle or something. And that's how vague it was. And I said Eric, Eric and he'd do it. And he surprised me. Okay, here's my absolute favorite. Okay. And this is available for like 30 but I'm thinking of actually getting this Canadian or US? U.S. Okay. Just for the cover. Nothing personal, Kelly. But just for the cover. <laughs> this, I love this one. Oh, that one. Yeah. That's sensational. 
Have you seen? He did that with it. He did this with uh, his girlfriend at the time, April. Um, yes, yeah. Because right? April does great horses. She's in the she's in the horses, and so you, I think you split that with her, right? No, no. She, she just complained about it. Oh, <laughs> that, it would it would have been awkward if she had actually done it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, this is my favorite. Oh yeah, that's not me. That's, that's April. That's it. Well, we were do. She drew some horses yeah. for that issue. Remember, it was no, about she horses. Did, she did. That's true. She 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 did do horses in the issue, but she didn't do the cover. But she did no. draw the horses inside the magazine. That she issue did. was drawn by her. I think she got credited for it too. I think I might have actually give her a bit of money, but I don't remember for sure. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I forgot I even did that one. Eric Eric penciled that, and I got this guy Denrick to ink it. Like you know how. Comic books, you have an, a penciler and then they have an inker. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So I had some guy ink it, and it, they complemented each other really well. I liked it. it. I don't know. I just liked the hell out of that. It was, it was all about angels, that issue. You can't talk about now. They're divas or whatever. And here's my second favorite one, because it's got a severed head. Oh, yeah, that one. Which one is that? I love how, you know, with D&D people. Zoom it up a little bit. Number eight? Yes, the last one. I don't right? even have that. Last one, yeah. I don't have... Uh, well, this is just a picture. I'm not holding the actual... Ma I only have number four as the actual magazine. I just printed these out. Because the art, artwork was getting better and better as I got more used to doing the style. I, I love how with D&D &D people, when you show them a picture of a severed head, they're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's yeah. good. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> nice work on the, on so, the entrails. And um, so we also have people online. They're very excited having both of you on. So, uh, David Thompson, our Chamberlain, most august, we give our titles to our patrons uh, from Australia. He had a question, you know, what's, what is the inspiration for the articles, you know, that you have? Um, so, you know, like, you know, we have the, the thing you're making me go through, the, uh, would you, how do you be a gnome illusionist or whatever that. Yeah, so, Kelly, you may remember the Have You Ever Played a, uh, a series where you would be a gnome illusionist Fighter, for example, and yeah. you'd give various questions. You'd have usually ten choices on right. every. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm almost yeah. dead. I did. Um, so how did you come up with that? You know, was you're doing a fledgling magazine, which again is pretty amazing. Honestly, don't remember. Okay. I just thought that would be neat—a gnome thief illusionist or whatever. That would be cool. Uh, we did one with a paladin. Um, he just thought it'd be something different and cool. And I probably had a guy that played something like that um, to inspire me. Okay. Like a character. Because we were going to quiz you on what answer four was for the second scenario and see if you remembered that. But apparently you don't. So we won't do that to you. <laughs> no. Say, oh, yeah. No, you got to take. Oh, yeah. You just like, you like us going through it and dying. That's right. You don't, exactly. You're a typical DM, That's my exactly. friend. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And then we come to... I love the Lair Medusa. I love that. And so, yeah, uh, yeah so this, this, and this is. This is you can legitimate. see, look, this is the real deal. That's right. This and I is, it's, on, it's on loan. So a shout out to Alan Grohe, Grodog, uh, a gr collector of many old school modules. And so this is on loan from me. So don't spill anything on this, all right? I'm standing over here. I'm, I'm maybe out of the picture. Yeah, see? don't touch this. Yeah. Don't, put your greasy, don't even look at it. It's you know, Final Tap. Don't I can't put your even look greasy at it. hands I'm not even on looking this. at it. All right. So well, this. I, I got to tell you, I, in producing that, I had two partners, John Edwards 
and Ben Brownjohn of the Dragon's Lair. You talked about the Dragon's Lair. Ben Brownjohn had a retail store. Uh, so they were my business partners. We used to have business meetings. And I had a big fight with them about that issue uh, because I wanted to do the cover in green. And, and they said no blue. So I lost that argument, note number two to one, and I was really pissy about that because <laughs> I thought green would be better. I like the blue. It's all about marketing. <laughs> I like blue. <laughs> I think it's a cool color. Um, so, okay, so... Yeah, I, like I like the art and the fact that Eric gave that Medusa big knockers. <laughs> you, yeah, you, speci you specified that. <laughs> I think we're gonna get, are we going to get in trouble with the FCC just for holding this up? I think we may lose our... Wait, do we need a license? No, we're on the... I don't think YouTube, you need a license, do you? So, okay, so um, maybe you could talk, other than Kelly asking for a well-endowed Medusa, maybe you could talk a little bit about the artwork, which is, I just think, is, is fantastic. So we... We went to. I remember going to a meeting at uh, Ben's store in his little meeting room behind the the, the, the common room behind the counter. It was uh, Edwards, you, somebody else was there, and then it was also um, Ben Brownjohn. And it was basically Ben was the one that seemed to really want to push for the cover, looking like that. We were doing all these doodles on paper and stuff. So it was about an hour before we we solidified what they wanted. Okay. It was actually it was actually a good meeting. There, I never had a bad meeting with anybody. It was it was always fun and uh, jokes, and it was it was a it was a fun atmosphere, which made up for not getting paid. So it was a oh at all. Was, so it wasn't it wasn't an issue of not getting paid well. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really do it for the money. I did it for the experience because that's I still do that today. I, I take on jobs just for the experience, even though I know I can't get won't get paid very well. I, it's sometimes it's just the experience. Yeah. I think I may have found an illustrator for my gnome realm. That's right, my gnome project. Yeah. Uh, our meetings were at the stripper bar, so Eric doesn't. We saved them on that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to the stripper bar. No, we, we, our meetings were at the stripper bar sometimes. <laughs> Who would have known? Dungeons and Dragons and strip clubs. What? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Now, want to say, see, see these these art here, right there, right there. Um, the one with the 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 the, uh, the trees. Yes. I would simply tell Eric. Like, cause I have that's exactly the map. It look, it, it corresponds with the map to the left. The the, the see it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just say to Eric, "Can you draw that?" And he did that, and he always impressed me. It was that it was that vague. I just give him vague instructions. Do that, and look what he produced. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. You know. And if you go further, you were asking about the planthos, right? Yeah. So we have a new yep. Oh, right there. Yeah. See the planthos? Okay. I don't know if Eric knows this. I'm one of the few people in the world that have the figure. Oh, wow. <laughs> there it is. See it? Yep. I have three of them. I have three of them. Just like in the, in the thing, there's three of them. Okay? Look at that. That's awesome. See it? Yes. It's very glossy paint. It's not very good. It's old humbrol paint. But um, the truth is, I went to Portland, Oregon to a store, and, th and this is a John Carter Wolf. Mars figure that was out of production, like ancient, and I got this for a couple of dollars, and I thought, this is so different and cool, I'm going to put it in there. But I think, I'm, I swear, I think I'm the only person in Canada that owns one of these. I don't know about the States, because I got this in Portland. Okay. But uh, that's sort of neat. And so that's, I, I think, I'm, I don't know if Eric, I must have given you a picture of it, right? I must have given you the uh, You may have shown me the miniature actually at in one of the meetings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I must have. I must have. You do remember seeing the miniature. You, well, you got it dead on. You got it dead on. So, so hold on just a second. So we got another... Uh, uh, so that's a good segue. So did you, uh, Kelly or Eric, did you guys play D&D in the States if you ever came down? And how how different was the culture of Dungeons & Dragons in Canada versus the United States, if you could talk about that? And I'll go, Kelly, you can go first, and then Eric, if you can I can't talk. comment. I've never been in the States. I don't know if Eric has, but I, I don't oh. I can't even comment. I, I went to uh, Dragonflight, but I, I was assisting uh, putting on a game, so I didn't actually play it. I was like person handing out the, the, the scenarios and answering questions and, and the GM was playing the game so I was more of an assistant but I did go down to the states but I, I'm used to playing with my friends from high school yeah. and down to Dragonflight you're getting like you know like sometimes they like 12 player games mm. you never met these people before so it is a different atmosphere there so I don't know I wouldn't say that the, the American and Canadian is, is different at all I would say they're 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 almost identical. Okay, great, great. Thank you so much. Unless unless they're talking politics or well, something. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole different story. That's right. Yeah, that's very good. So go ahead, continue your inquisition of our guests. Yeah, I always come with a list of questions. So, Kelly, uh, I know that there were some other adventures that were planned. Uh, so, for example, on the back of Lair of Medusa, it says, "Coming soon, Battle for Dwarf Mountain." I, I, that was, uh, that was planned, but I got to admit, I, I just pulled the plug on everything, the magazine, the modules, I pulled the plug and I moved back east. So that's what pretty well happened. And, uh, I got all pissy, I guess it would be the word. I got pissy because, uh, when you're, when you like the art, artistic part of something, you should just stick to it. But when you got to do the business part of it, it gives you a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Does that make sense? I wouldn't know anything about that. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're about at that point. Yeah. Now. Because <laughs> he just shows up. That's he, not true. He says, hey, Eric's going to come on. If, you know, he's been, he's been up all night. Let's get this work. I'm like, sure, whatever it takes. Look, no problem, buddy. Look at, the, look at this research I've I know. Done. This is true. And so we've also got, and you also had play coming soon. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I forgot all about that. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. I forgot. All that. So here, here's the question, Kyle. It does, are these adventures in draft form somewhere in your closet or basement? They're, they're long gone. Uh. They, were, they were done on my typewriter. On my typewriter. <laughs> wow. So, your royal typewriter. Uh, I had a lot of flipping damage to a lot of my stuff, too. So, so a lot of stuff did not make it. So, so tell us a little bit. So you decided you got a little bit bitter, you said, because it's, it's eight issues, correct? And then I think it comes to an end. And did, and did you go cold turkey? So you obviously you're back in gaming now. Okay. I don't like to lie. So hmm? I don't even think Eric knows this. I got really pissy because... I had a deal, and I take people at their word. You know what I mean? At their word? Right. And I had a deal with some stores where I would supply them with the the, the, uh, the magazines, and they would sell them and send me my money. Okay? And they wouldn't renew them, and they'd say, well, they didn't sell. Yet, I had people from those exact cities saying, that store sold out like that. Wow. Mm. So instead of looking at a long-term business arrangement with me, it was, let's screw these Canadians. Sound of, I, if I sound bitter, it's because 
it's not the crime of the century. They owe me like 40 bucks or something. <laughs> but but what I said to myself, I'm not dealing with people like this anymore. And I got a bad taste in my mouth because I had a lot of ambition. We were right across Canada. And then I was working my way down the West Coast. And we went down to Portland. And I was going to go down to California next. So Because that's that's all gaming area, eh? Washington and Seattle. And, uh, but that was the, that's the truth. That is the truth of why I pulled the plug. I just went... I had a bad, bitter taste in my mouth about that. And unfortunately, it's like throwing a hand grenade and uh, my fans took the brunt of that because they were, I did have some fans that liked it. And poor Eric and the other people that um, that were working with me, I just sort of, I, I moved back. I just, that was it. I, to this very day, when people don't pay their bills, I get ugly about it. <laughs> their, 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 their bills are due. Well, what time frame is this? Because what? Eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three, correct? Eighty-three. I moved back here in December of eighty-four. Um, but during that time, I remember working with one of my brothers, and he trained me how to do desktop publishing. So during that period, I learned how to work a computer. I was one of the first people to have an Apple. My brother and I, uh, and uh, I've had Macs ever since. Mac computers. And desktop publishing is the greatest thing, right? One man can produce whatever. But you got to remember, I started off on a friggin' typewriter, the whole thing. And then I had to rely on people with a word processor, and they weren't much better, early word processors. Um, like, you know, if you ever, you know, we had to lay out the thing, uh, it was on graph paper, blue graph paper, and with, uh, uh, with glue, prick glue. Mm. Do our layout and glue it, and then if it's not straight, pull it off and put it back on. It was very crude, you know, by today's standards. What were you going to say? Yeah. Cam Munn, he's one of the writers. Oh. Right? Cam is, he, got, he has to have credit. And John, they, they helped me out with the layouts. Uh, he's, it was a group thing. And uh, Ben Brown, John, and uh, Ben and I are both old, and we both have health issues. And Roly is a friend of mine, and he. He talks, it's funny because he talked to Ben about me, and uh, Ben says, oh, that poor bastard. And then when he told me about Ben, I said, oh, that, that poor bastard. We both say the same thing about <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> well, We're very much like that, you know? <clears throat> well, well, the good news is, even though uh, First Encounter Magazine went away and uh, Eric didn't have the opportunity to continue to do work for First Encounter Magazine, Eric, you obviously did continue in the industry, uh, quite successfully. Oh, yeah. So maybe you can talk a little bit because I know you've done work for a lot of a lot of the big companies in the industry. Uh, well, I started when um, I guess it was John Fraser did your layout the last time, and John was a basically a writer, not really a layout person. And he heard about Columbia Games was hiring, and he I, I had just finishing up at SFU. In uh, I guess '84, or spring spring term at, at University, of, and John phoned me up and said, "Hey, you should send a portfolio to these guys." And all I had to send them was all my stuff from First Encounter. And even though they didn't like that work, it's got my foot in the door and allowed me to start talking to them face to face. And then I went home that weekend, and they said, "Well, we'll come back in a week with some new stuff." So I came back with some new stuff, and a little more advanced, a little more realistic. But the first encounter is what got my got me going and got my foot in the door, and that's how we started. And then I, long story short, I started. I became eventually became the art director for Columbia Games just by 
working with their graphic artist until he quit. And then I just took over for him. And then I just, within three years, I was their art director. And then I, just, then I was doing all sorts of work, maps, layout, and book covers, and, and then expanding my ability to do artwork. And, and but it's all because of first encounter, really. If it, uh, even though I did some work for Space Gamer, I don't count that because I, I, I was I just handed work in. And they said, "Yeah, that's it." But working with Kelly gave me an idea of what you know how to work to someone's ideas, and that's exactly what Columbia was. They, they have this meeting and they and they start doling out ideas and they ask your input. Well, that's a lot. Of, you know, the first time I had to do that was with Kelly, so I had some experience. So it it helped a lot starting with Kelly and then branching out from there. And I don't know if, if our, the listeners heard when we were getting this together that Kelly and Eric haven't spoken for no. 30-something years. Right, because I think, that's an, uh, I think Eric owes Kelly 40 bucks. That's right. No, that's, I'm kidding. No. No, that's not a lie. Right, right, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's right. This is a reconciliation. Right. This is 1984. It was back in 84 last time uh, before I moved back east. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I, I just found out yesterday. I just found out yesterday that he was working with TSR. I didn't know he was doing work with TSR. I just found out. Yeah, I, worked, I started in '87 doing uh, for the Dungeon Magazine, and then I then I was doing their some of their mapping and poster stuff right up to when they were got. Ooh. I guess when they got bought out by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, that's like ten years working for TSR. Because the reality a lot is, of freelance a lot of us have Eric Hodges' work. I have, I have Dungeon Magazine, but I don't have yours. I'll have to see if I have one of yours back from 1987. There is, I, I, yeah, I did some work in there. And then uh, I also worked, then I started brand like Lion Rampant. Then Lion Rampant became became uh, White Wolf. So I started doing work for them. And then they just, by the, by the time, by I guess around 1992, 93, I was working on three or four projects a month for all sorts of companies for five solid years. Uh. Just... Tons of work coming in, and it was like seven days a week, 365 days a year. It was just lots and lots and lots of illustration work and mapping work. And so, I, I, but again, it all started with first encounter. Yeah, and and awesome. for those of our listeners that don't know, so Columbia Games, right? That was Harm World, correct? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, that's and cool. that and Harm World. That was my idea because they had Harn, they had, but nobody knew what Harn was. I said you need a name for the whole product. At a meeting, they said they never thought of that, so they came up with Harn World. They said you got Harn, you got Lithia, you got Shorkine, and Ivinia. Nobody knows what those are. Why don't we just call it Harn World, and then you, now you, you can sell it as a product? So, I, you know, I, I was because I was art director. <laughs> Actually, I had to have a say. So it was, yeah, it was fun. So I did. I did work for Columbia Games for sixteen years. I worked for Columbia Games. Okay, awesome. fantastic. And um, I would be remiss if I did not ask about this mysterious organization called DELF. <laughs> Kelly's department. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, what? So, because uh, I've noticed, right, Lair of Medusa was, right. it's a DELF module. Yeah. And um, it's officially approved <laughs> by DELF. And, we did shit like that. And, 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 and yeah. before you let us know, and disclose what DELF is, I'm going to let you know some of the information that I have found on the Google about DELF. Okay. And so now you can confirm whether or not this information is accurate. The okay. first quote, DELF accreditation was extremely rare and highly sought after by the gaming industry. Guy <laughs> Gax admitted in his last days that his one regret in life was that he failed to achieve recognition 
from the Council of Delft. And a second, a second piece of it, so here's the next piece of information. Quote, Delph, if I remember correctly, stood for the Dungeon Ecological Life Federation. Gygax, with all his Gygaxian ecology, failed the ex- entrance exam when he placed the dragon in a 10 by 10 foot room next to the orc with a pie. Sad story, but true. Mm. So now, so true or false? Those are highly entertaining and they're killing me. They're cracking me up. And I like the sound of them. Maybe one of them is true. The Gary Gygax part. <laughs> so, 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 so what, what, what was Delph? <sighs> You're rocking my brain because this is so long ago. But the truth of it is, you know what it is, Eric, eh? When yeah, Delph- I remember Ben, I remember <laughs> ben telling me where he got the name from. I think Ben came up with the name. Yeah, it's it's our abbreviations of our names. Um, hold on. <laughs> Who are those guys? I, I, I mean, <laughs> Wait, where I, are you? I, I got it now. I got it. I don't it. see a K or a It's a mixture of Dragon's Lair and First Encounter. Take First Encounter, take it from the right, and you take Dragon's yeah. Lair from the left, that's what it is. It's it's a it's a mixture of drag because um, Ben was my distributor for my magazine. Mm. He distributed. I hated that kind of work. So <laughs> it's a mixture. I just I totally forgot about that mixture of Dragon's Lair and First Encounter. That's what that's the truth. Now you know the real thirty story. year mystery. Thirty five, almost thirty five. Almost thirty thirty five, 35, 35 year, year mystery solved is solved here on Grog Talk. Who would have thought? So there wasn't. So Delph, there wasn't really a Delph Enterprise. I mean. There was sort Don't, of. Why are you pulling the curtain? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Why are you doing that? Because that's what we do. We're like 60 minutes. No, we're not 60 minutes. We're four we, hours. We found something. Be it this anagram, this you know, this anagram. This now we have something behind. Why do you want to know more about just it? Just let, let it go. Let it. I like your stories better. The Gary Gygax one was really there you good. Go. That, that to me, <laughs> let it let let things. There's a, there could be another time they could come on and and ruin it. Right now, I got you. Can't take it all. Was the was the cover for Battle of Dwarf Ma- more Google research? Yes, you can Google. Done by Eric by your wife, or because I know you'd mentioned your girlfriend at the time. So the Battle for Dwarf. Yeah, Ma- my a girlfriend wife. My, my, when we got, she was a girlfriend at the time. She did the illustrations for that. I got you. April, her name's April, right? Yeah. Yeah, April. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. She lives in the United States. She's she actually she's also an artist. She had a she had an art show last September, so she's she still she does art. Well, as, as you can tell from the the whole Delph business, you know, I think the great thing about First Encounter and about Lara Medusa is that Kelly really did display quite a sense of humor. Yeah. there's a lot of entertaining, a lot of entertaining stuff in there. It, it's a good module. Uh, just to let you know, Eric. Uh, what I found in the internet, somebody says, a good, solid hack-and-slash dungeon crawl that is fun to play. Uh, one person listed it as one of their top five non-TSR adventures. I've run it. It is a lot of fun to play. Uh, what, what I liked about it is that, number one, it's not too long. I really don't like some of these modules that are 100 pages and it takes two months to run. You can run this thing, and I would think you probably need two. So I ran in a session. probably need two sessions to do it justice. Yeah. Uh, but it's not too long, and what I also liked about it is that uh, you had a lot of you had a lot of uh, different characters and creatures in there that could really create for some interesting role playing 
uh, if you wanted to. Did that have giant cockroaches in there? Because I can't remember. Yes. Did I put giant cockroaches? You, you sure did. And, and so this is what I did when I ran this. I said, well, in one of the rumors of the Goblin Palace is that it's even now infested with cockroaches. And the players all laughed. And then they sort of thought, wait, this is D&D. Yeah. You just add giant to everything. Right. And they're like, wait, what if they're giant cockroaches? Or humongous. Or humongous. That's right. And what I liked about it even better, Kelly, because this is strange because you've never been to the States. We assumed you'd been to Florida, is they fly. Yes, I do know that. Um, a quick story. I had a, my friend go to Los Angeles, and I went to Florida, and we had a contest who would come back with the biggest cockroach. Oh, you'd win. Remember that? Remember? And, and I won because I was at a Denny's restaurant, and underneath the high chair was a huge dead cockroach, and right. I put him in a bag and brought him back. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that, that with, yeah, the, the cockroaches carry away children here. Was that, was that, so that was the inspiration? Do you still have that, like the playthroughs? Yes, the figures? No, the cockroach. The cockroach figure. <laughs> have you made cockroach, it a figure? Oh, no, God, no. I just wanted to win the cockroach. I, yeah. yeah. I should have had it wrong. So you brought uh, evasive species back to Canada. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You're admitting that on, on, uh, on the internet now. Okay. If I was updated nowadays, I would have them as giant bed bugs because bed bugs are worse than roaches right. any yeah, day. You got that right. And what I also liked about it, because you did have a lot of fun monsters, you had a giant walking stick. Yeah. In the tree. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. They didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. go up to the tree, though. So in my, my party didn't go up to the tree. So uh, they never And they never saw a giant cockroach. You know how it is. Those players, they'll, you know, they'll take their own path. Well, very cool. That's... They're, they're great. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a picture in there of a wizard, and he's got an owl flying up in the air. In 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 there, Medusa. You remember that, Eric? I told Eric to do that. Yeah, it's been and a while since I've seen it. Yes, he surprised the shit out of me with that photo. Okay, can you see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back oh. it up. And this, this <laughs> owl is squawking off the perch because I think he surprised some sort of wizard there, and he's behind a table. Show it to these guys. I just vaguely told him what I wanted, and he did that, and that that one cracked me up. Here. To our friends. Yeah, that was great. We're trying we, to do it where they can see it because the light's pretty bad. Uh, is that and better? The room. Same with the storeroom. Something go. simple like that. I like, like that. You know, you don't have to have a monster in the room all the time. I, 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 I it was a lot of fun doing that. So, so for those who are not in the business, like uh, like us, yeah. back in this day, to produce the layer of Medusa, what, how much time and cost would that be back in that time? And how many? And how many? How many of those would you need to sell to break even? I don't think I broke even on that. <laughs> okay, um, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did, no, no. I, I. The more you print, the cheaper it is, eh, per issue. Right. And I, I think the printing bill on that was two grand. Okay. I'm, Believe it or not. I'm sorry. The print. I think we printed maybe five thousand. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So long ago, but we we went big. For us, that was big. Yeah. And for two grand, that's that's pretty pricey still. So we had to figure out our. our Hold on, he's for six dollars, right? Suggested retail. Is there a suggested retail on there? There's not. Okay. Though I think we're starting to see a theme for this show, which is well, you're not going to make, you're not going to get rich doing any of this. <laughs> no, you're not going to get rich doing. <laughs> Wait, any we're of not going to get rich. No. What? No. <laughs> Don't. The markup on gaming at the time was forty percent. So if okay. you in a dollar. 
cost you sixty, and yeah, for I, gaming at the time. Okay. Now, now who who was Eric Nin? Because somebody had suggested that Eric Nin is actually Eric Hotz. True or false? I know the name, but I don't think I don't think it's me. Okay. Okay. Because it, it indicated Lira Medisa says that some of the illustrations were done by. Eric Nin as well, but it doesn't. It looks to me like it's all uh, our, our Eric's. That's uh, his. That's his. That, I, I don't. Run, I, I, think, I, mean, I think. what happened was that I think Eric Nin uh, did some pencil sketches, and I and I recreated them. Not use his pencil sketches, but use them as as um, a foundation for doing some of the illustrations. Okay, and it says art think, and maps. So maybe the maps too. It says art and maps. That's possible too, because he may have done some sketches of the floor plans, and then whoever I don't think I did the I don't think I drew the uh, the floor plans for that. Okay. No, John John Edwards and I did all the floor plans um, right. on graph paper, just black team and this stuff, you know. And, um, John Edwards. And, and just as you so Kelly has not lost his his gaming sense of humor, because he creates new proficiency skills, which include coleslaw making. That's one of my favorites, yes. And this is what I want for our characters that we currently right. have. We have to ask Carlos. Because we're fishermen, right? We're fishermen. We are fisherwomen. Fi Oyster shucking. Oyster shucking. Uh, yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, if people are, my brother, he's a really bad role player. And whoever's the worst role player at the end of the night, I give him a useless proficiency skill like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 James is interested. Yeah, this ah, is good. yes, this is good. James have, is a DM. He likes this. I have tons of them that I create. I almost, I was, I was doing them one a week. I would just get this inspiration to do it, you know. And then some are based on real life skills. Um, I had a friend. He he has, he has a hard time coping, and that's a skill. So I did a thing on coping. Um, the stuff like that, just really cool ones recently. Beheading as a skill. Um, you know, beheading, that's a good one. Like, if you're old 18 or higher and you do a wisdom roll, Conan is, if you're already Conan magazine, he's always beheading people. Right. Because if you're a warrior, that's your skill. It doesn't matter if the guy's got 2,000 hit points, you cut his head off, there you go. And a warrior, it's only available to warriors and stuff, right? You can't have a magic user with beheading. Nice. But then I got impaling skills for guys with puncture weapons. And then, and then I got another one, um, eviscerating. Or I can't remember what it's called, but it's for, for gutting people. So there's that's the brutal ones. They're practical, but they're brutal. And then I have ones that are uh, psychological. I have, I have a list of about two to three hundred. Proficiency oh, skills. Oh, we need to get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need it should be that. a book, Useless <laughs> right. Proficiency Skills. Not, not useless, interesting. Well, I know, but it's a funny title. Right. Yeah. Well, I like the joke was, the joke was um, if they're really bad, I say, I'm going to make you take pottery. That's right. As a <laughs> pottery. That was the joke. You're going to make you take pottery. <laughs> well, Eric, did you continue to play? Uh, have you continued to play throughout the, uh, the past several decades? I mean, D&D? Uh, yes, or any role-playing games, correct. Uh, not because when I worked for Columbia, um, uh, we had to play Robin Crosby's version, which was which is became Hardmaster. Okay. So we weren't allowed to really really mention D and D. The game that shall not be mentioned. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, and and some of the derivatives and some of the ideas that came from other games we were we were working with, but after a while it was all Hardmaster. 
And I and I found it was better that I didn't know how to play, and I just basically just followed what people wanted as illustrations and maps and whatever, just mm-hmm. and not get wrapped because I was also working for other companies then, and I just it gets confusing as to which system you're working with. And the reality is that like like Kelly would just give me an idea, and I would run. Same with you know, if you're working for like White Wolf, they give you a bunch of ideas, and you run with it. I didn't really have to know the game system. As long as I understood gaming, I was fine. Right, right. And if I had any questions, any specific questions I could ask. Okay. And, go ahead. And Kelly, how about you? Did you continue to play after you uh, moved out of the Vancouver area? Yeah, off and on. I, I have, um, right now I have a, an El Kadim campaign I've been running for about six, seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, I love that. Now, what I did was it took eight years of planning and 30 years of buying figures because it's hard to find Arabic figures. Okay. Guys with turbans and yeah. stuff. Uh, so I've been collecting for years the figures, building them up, Lord of the Rings figures and all this stuff and historical. See, I was lucky at the time when I moved back here, um, Raffam. Raffam had their factory in Cambridge, just outside of town here. I used to go right to the factory and buy figures. And there were figures that never ended up in the stores. Never. It's hard to find guys with... Uh, plate mail and, 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 and lances. I've got tons of them. I just bought them right from the factory. Wholesale. This is this is years ago. This is in the 80s, okay? So, as you know, I'm big, big, big time. time I had a group that was about 14 people. It was huge. It's a lot. Now I have three. And they drive from far. They drive from an hour, each, from, from an hour, an hour and a half away from my gaming. Which I'm really happy about. They're they're good players. It's always uh, it's always fun. You got to have a good laugh during gaming. That's a good session when you laugh, and especially at someone else's expense. Well, yeah, that's the whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's DMing, isn't that's it? Right. That's right. That's, that's why you DM so you can mock people. Uh, <laughs> do we have any uh, questions? Yeah, we have in a couple. Of qu- Gavin, we do have a couple of questions. So uh, this <clears throat> this one um, this one is from er- uh, for Eric. So you as far as you know, how has artwork changed, fantasy art, from back in the 80s till now or whenever? Uh, and do you prefer to, let's say, work on art or maps? You know, kind of... It uh, um, doesn't matter to me whether it's art, uh, whether it's illustration of people or maps or scenery, but the artwork has changed. And that when I get... A lot of my commissions now are for color work because people are, people are publishing in PDF format and they, and they don't have to worry about the cost of color. Not a lot of people aren't producing books. They they just sell PDF. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the artwork I have to do now is in full color. Where back in the day, only a handful of companies, even TSR, only did a little bit of color at that time. And Columbia only started doing color probably in the late '90s, early uh, about the mid '90s. They started doing a lot of color. So that's what's changed. Like at one time, there was like no color, and then all of a sudden, it's nothing but color, including floor plans. So that's what's changed in the artwork. So, so there's more work for me to do to get a piece done because you have to. Otherwise, black and white's actually pretty quick, but color is another another element added to it. So that's that's what's changed. And, that, and technically, their artwork has to be better now because they people like I think people are getting they won't, they want to see better artwork. Yeah, I mean the internet obviously democratizes a lot of this, and, and as the bet the the bar gets higher and higher. I mean, just over the decades, yes. people have, are able to see the best of anything, and and they can aspire to it. So, um, yeah. So, so uh, I'll, this is for Eric, and then Kelly. What's inspirations from the time? What what ins- you know? 
Obviously, Kelly would tell you, hey, you know, I need a dragon. If you've yeah. never seen one, what kind of influences did you have drawing this? And then, Kelly, what were your influences in D&D or fantasy, uh, you know, as far as how you got into the, not just into the game, but into fantasy? So, so Eric, uh, please go first. For, for where I got inspiration to do the illustrations? That's right, yeah. You're, uh, and, well, even back then, when I was working, there's, there's, there's like a Frazetta. Uh, definitely an influx. He, his, his, his skill with pen and ink is amazing because he does tonal valleys with, with weighted lines, which is really nice. So that's where I've got a lot of my inspiration from because a lot of my friends own these books. Like guys I D&D'd with had these books. I just borrowed from them to get, get inspiration. And again, like most of my ideas, I, I, I prefer following what somebody wants. Like that's, that's why I got along so well with TSR and all the other art directors from all the other companies because I followed orders. They, they wanted something and I made sure I followed it what they wanted. I didn't, I didn't create surprises for them. Right. There's a lot they, which they complained about with other, other artists. They would say, well, we wanted this and we got that. So can you fix this? <laughs> and that, well, that's quite common. So they, they like that. And I, and I saw so I prefer working anyhow. Yeah. It's sort of like in music, uh, you're a session player. You, you're here to do a part, you do your part. Yeah, you know, you're not trying to reinvent this genre, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, and, and I was told by a lot of art directors that I'm reliable that way, and the no surprise is they don't have to, you know, they don't have to get things redone and spend more time than they expect. So I, I, I always got things on deadline because of that. Because like again, it started with working with Kelly, then going from there. And so, uh, so Kelly, your influences as far as you know, you uh, fantasy books, you know, because obviously. You took it to the next level. Not everyone tries to build the magazine, modules. I mean, a lot of people do their homebrew, but to really think, hey, I have something really unique to say. I'm going to do all this and travel around the country to do that. So what was your influences? Even today, when I do uh, modules, it's almost like programming for a video game. What happens if the guy goes left? What happens if he goes right? What happens if he goes up? What happens if he goes down? What happens if he just stays there, right? This is, that's a lot of work. And I'm constantly doing that with my gaming. It's a lot of work because he may put all this work in and what happens if he goes right and he doesn't go right? Mm-hmm. So, and at the time, I used to go to the arcades all the time and play. There was a game called Dragon's Lair. Oh, my Dirk goodness. Yep. Oh, yeah. Dirk sure. Took two tokens. Took two tokens. Was, Still was, upset about that. Right. It cost a lot of money compared to the other games. <laughs> but it was it was animation and it was hilarious. Uh, it was just hilarious. It was like watching a cartoon. So I got that at the time. I remember the time. As a D&D, you got off watching He-Man, which is pretty bad. Right. But He-Man was the closest thing to that fantasy type thing at the, that was out, you know. He-Man, she the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon was just making me throw up. That was just, you're trying to talk about. It was horrible. It was it, horrible. I, I think people look back and they try to make it a spin. It's, it was it was the A-team of D&D, you know. P, you know everyone, no one died. I, I'm like, please kill the unicorn. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? I apologize. That's okay. But sometimes you go, wow, a lizard man or an orc, like they, or a beholder, you know. It's like the first Dungeons and Dragons movie was horrible. Oh, yeah. Horrible. They can't. I keep hearing they're going to do a new one, and they're going to get it right, hopefully. But uh, yeah, they, they were really bad. Uh, the Beastmaster, all those movies from the early '80s were just horrible. But you grabbed what you could. I never stole ideas from them. I just because I had so many of my own original ideas. I still do. 
and they're very warped. They're my um, yep. that's right. So they're in this village, and the the guy, one guy has a distillery, a whiskey distillery. So actually built with all these copper pipes and stuff, this distillery. Okay, but he's underhanded. The guy actually has a meth lab too. <laughs> Now, here's what it gets interesting. Last The last session, the one player has a water elementalist. So they're in the desert, so she's always looking for a place to get water to create a water elemental. So she thinks, I'll just take it from this distillery. But she's also, besides taking it from the whiskey, she's taking it from the meth yeah. lab. So I said, oh, my God, it's a meth elemental, and I don't know what's going to happen with that part. I, had, I said, I'm going to have to look up the effects of meth on an elemental. <laughs> you always see it on the news, right? These crazed people. So uh, this is the kind of warped stuff that I bring into the game. There you go, a, a meth elemental. I feel like De Niro, though. You should actually, shouldn't you take a little bit? That's right, take yeah. a little bit. That's exactly you actually know? The, the meth, meth, meth The meth mental The meth I love it. It writes itself. Is it? Uh, that's tonight. Tonight, I got gaming tonight, okay? I got gaming tonight, and they're going to find out. They don't even know about that yet. Ah, uh, reveal. Except for lose control of elemental. Lose control because it's going to go on a meth rage. And it's, what do you do with a water elemental that's gone on a meth rage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like we should just have your brother leave your computer there, and we'll call in later. Yeah. And... <laughs> And we'll just we'll just call we'll just call and play. Sounds great. Or at least just watch. Or just watch. Yeah. No, I want to I want to play. I'll play the meth elemental. That sounds pretty good. That sounds amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, James has experience uh, I, I, with meth. Uh, does this body look like I do meth? No. Everyone <laughs> have I you think, seen Breaking Bad? No. Well, he didn't do. Did he do meth? No, he did he not didn't do, do it. Meth. That's you don't right. use he, your own. He didn't use his own product. So. Okay, so I I noticed something here, Kelly. That. Because we've been doing the Have You Ever Played a Gnome Fighter Illusionist trying to save your village. Right. And the baddie is Maximus, an evil illusionist. Do okay. You, do you, Kelly, remember the name of the father... That's right, of the father. ...of the evil magic user in Lair of Medusa? Oh, you guys... <laughs> Should be pretty easy, don't you think? Daryl. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he has no idea. Maximus. So here's the question: Is it these the same people? He, yeah, the name is the same. That's what he's trying to say. Is it the? Is, is it, really? it like a? Yeah, it's a. Is it, it an overarching is. person? It yeah. is. So what it says was: So Egron has a pool, and it says this was a present for Egron from his father Maximus, an evil magic user who still inhabits the island, and the baddie. <laughs> Is in the unknown fighter. Yes. Illusionist is Maximus, though he's an illusionist who killed the cleric with the with the golem. That's right. That's right. I, I'm I'm listening to you when you do this, as opposed to ignoring you like most of the time. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Exactly. Should, well, should we do this? Because I'm sure um, we know Eric probably needs some sleep. Right. Yeah. Right? We, we he's got to go to work today. He's got. He's actually uh, for those again. Thank you, Eric. You basically have had no sleep, and you probably need some meth. <laughs> So uh, uh, perhaps <laughs> perhaps Kelly can work that out, send the meth elemental to you. But um, so before you go, Eric, uh, we, we want to do this little thing. But what are you working on today? Uh, what am I working on today? Yeah, if there's anything you want to promote, not literally today. Not, not literally today. Well, I, I, for the last five months, I've been working on uh, artwork for an art show coming up. 
but it's uh, it's landscape illustration paintings. So that's Wonderful. that's what that's what I was working on today. That's awesome. Well, and they're, and and they're gorgeous. I encourage people to go to and I uh, tell me if this is right. It's it's Eric Hotz hyphen portfolio dot com. Yes. Yeah. And and the the, the artwork that that's on the homepage. That, that's that's the that's one of the pieces for the art show. Okay. It's it's gorgeous and and there's links there to a lot of the fantasy work that you've done, which which is yes. amazing. Not, not all of it of course, but just just some highlights, some black and white, some color work and and other types of artwork I've done over the years. Yeah. So, you might be able to see. Yeah, that's true. That there's a PDF that's 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 um, that's some of that's the that's the sort of the, um, the archaeology style I was working on. Do you still take commission work for fantasy? Would you do that still? I, I, yeah, I, I actually have two commissions already. Right, I'm working on. I can't really tell you who it is. Sure. Because, but um, is it Delft? One's from, uh, it, one's from a, a software company that wanted me to do woodcut style of 150 icons, full color. Wow. And another one is 18 illustrations for an RPG game. Awesome. And it's a funny. It's it's from an RPG game. This is and this is common when the RPG games kind of folded. A lot of the the people came back and bought out the rights to the old magazines and the old the old companies. So a lot of the guys who are now running the companies are all these uh, like art, art art director's assistants that I, that I knew back 20, 30 years ago. And now they run the companies and they, because they, they love doing it. Now they're retired or, you know, they, they got a full-time job. They don't have to worry about money. So they like doing it on the side. That's awesome. So, and I guess you don't. And it's, it's PDF publishing again, so I, guess, I don't think they have to worry too much about uh, you know printing on paper and paper stock, all that kind of stuff. Well, well, we are preparing for our convention, uh, Grog Todd 2020, here in Orlando in October, and so we may need some artwork. So if that's something you'd be willing to, we could commission. We would. Yeah, I, could look at yeah, I could look at it. Sure, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as opposed to us sending random artists that we would love to you know, have the tie-in and appreciate your time and someone who's been in the business for so long and influenced so many other people. So that would be awesome for us. That would be great. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, so Keep me in the loop. Absolutely. So, And we'll put in our show notes the, the link to your site, and we certainly encourage our listeners. And on the podcast, when we do that, we'll... Uh, uh, we'll we'll take care of that. That's right. And one of our folks is that yeah, there's some game publishers who are watching right now. There actually is some folks who uh, okay. are watching who uh, are publishers, and and they're always looking for folks who you know not only are, are great artists but have the tradition and understand that the background of what we're trying to right. accomplish. That's super cool. Well, I wouldn't recognize anybody who wasn't doing this in the early '80s. It's I my it stops for me at what 1985. 85 is is really you you went to a cryo. Freeze at that point. Big time. Yes. yes. I, did. I just came out of it a couple of years ago. Exactly. Well, shall we do the. Um, uh, la- this won't take long because uh, I know, uh, as I mentioned, Eric probably needs some sleep because he's got to work today. I've got to work in, in about four hours. <laughs> um, so, uh, 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 and, and maybe, uh, Eric, if you want, you, you can, uh, we can let him go. Of now course, if, if he wants, yeah, so Eric, if he doesn't want to hear in jibber jabber, we'd be, you know, more than happy to leave. Thank you so much. If, but we, we want yeah, to have, I got to interject, Eric, it was always a pleasure working with you. You're yeah. always on schedule. I always <laughs> loved your work. His styles, he, he, he do pointillation one time. I didn't even ask him. Remember you did, you did yeah, pointillation. Uh, yeah. Pointillism. I yeah. always liked that. Yeah. And they had a bit of a historical flair to them you know what i'm saying yep. besides fantasy they had a historical flair i like that and i was always happy with his work i don't i can't think I ever uh 
didn't not like his stuff. I, it was always a pleasure to work with him. You're a good man, Eric. It's <laughs> good to hear you from you again. Well, it's good, hear, good to see you too. I, it's, I always wonder where he, where you were. Uh, a lot of people thought I was dead. <laughs> well, I heard from Rolly, and Rolly said he contacted you about five years ago. So that's uh, so I figured you're still around. He calls me almost every day. He's a good man. He's a good man. He cares about me. You know? <laughs> well, he used to he used to game seventy. And Rolly used to game every day with me. He was he's my work. He knows. So uh, okay. keep at it. I was I'm yeah. very proud. When I went to Harn. I was very happy for you. And I didn't know you went to TSR. That's good though. That's another good feather in your cap. That's awesome. Yeah. But now you guys are now you have Skype. So you know, just ask your brother Kelly. Can can you come over so I can call Eric? So you know, you don't you don't have to go through us uh, mediators here. So That's you know, true. it's not like oh, I, I, I'd like to call Eric. Can you guys get online and do that? So you have the connection now. So uh, you know, that's part of it. We, uh, I left New York years ago and. It's always nice when you catch up with people, you know, 20, 30 years on to see what they're doing. So, Eric, thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like it's that long. It's, you know, it's, it's like we're looking at these, what you're showing me in terms of artwork. It's, it brings back memories and it's kind of, it's, it just feels like it was like, like maybe 10 years ago, not, not 30, 30, 35 years it's, ago. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dan's done a lot of yeah. work getting ready for this. And we really appreciate you coming on in the middle, literally the middle of the night for you. Yeah, so. thank you, Eric. Thank much you so much. Oh, no, it's, it's, I enjoy this. It's fun. Well, we'll, it's, we'll do it again then. So, but, but, but Kelly, stay on. So, Eric, we can, we can let you go. That's you right. can go get, try to get some sleep sure. if you can. Th okay. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And we'll keep, we have your contact now. So if we want to do some artwork or if you want to come on and promote something, you, you have an open invitation. Just send us a note. We'd be okay. happy to do that. Thank you. Okay. Hey, have a good night. Thank you. Or good morning. Take care. Good to see you. All right. And Kelly, you stay on for a second because we would love to have you Go through your own. Have you ever played a gnome? That's right. Fighter illusionist. I don't care. Okay. See, see how you do. I'm, I'm in I'm, I'm ailing. That's right. I'm like, I think I've missed, lost six hit points. That porcupine got me. Uh, so, as you, if you may recall, this is you, where you are a gnome, and the lawful good cleric Cedric the Wise has been killed. If I recall correctly, right? Cedric, he, he created a clay golem to assist him, but because of the people's trust in Cedric, they soon grew accustomed to this figure of clay. All was fine until an evil illusionist named Maximus infiltrated the cleric's abode, killing Cedric in his sleep and somehow gaining control over the golem, which he used to rape and pillage the village. And uh, a gnome has been sent to try to an end maybe you could mention real quickly how did you i think it's wonderful and i know that one of the letters that was sent into you at the magazine really complimented this series how did you come up with the idea of the have you ever played a whatever because i know it changed sometimes it's paladin sometimes it was fighter illusions it's usually because i had a gamer one of the players play one of those and i you know it's as a dm i go okay this is new and I got to deal with this character and the different dynamics of the character, you know, that was strengths and weaknesses. So uh, it gives me, that gives me inspiration to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the, the gnome. Yeah. Not many people pick gnomes. They don't. Oh, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm the gnome fan. He's the gnome. Where's your cup? I've seen I the show. I know you're the gnome they fan. Knows. I know. Look what I got you. I need, I want Eric Hotz. Uh, no, because that's not, a, that, this, is, this is a joke gnome. These are not these are not D and D gnomes. 
See this. Yeah, is, sometimes I give, I give those to characters, to players as a joke. Right. <laughs> that's why well, I have. This have, is just this is making it worse. Well, that's obviously your intent. Look at that. <laughs> I should, can I? What damage do you think this? Would you give me like one to three? Yeah, one point of damage. No, I've got that secondary. No, I've got that skill. Oh, oh oyster eviscerating. Eviscerating, not oyster shocking. That's right. Eviscerating. Eviscerating. Nice. Oh gosh. This. That's the skill I'm talking about. I created a, a proficiency skill for eviscerating. No, I'm planning. I'm planning a gnome, right? I don't know what we'd call it. A campaign yeah, a gnome world? campaign, the gnome worlds, or something. The gnome like that. realms. The gnome realms. The gnome realms. I should ever cause. You know, he's you, done gnomes. He's he has done gnomes. Work in gnomes. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be great? That would be super cool. Okay. And I like that people were har harassing you with lots of titles for your things. Uh, that was amazing. That was not. That was awesome. It's not helping. See, the internet is a wonderful thing, Kelly. You, we got the social media now, and uh, we have a running global uh, campaign to either promote gnomes or destroy them. And the, so that's what this is about. So The gnomazons. The gnomas, yeah. See, they think they, they make fun of gnomes, and they don't realize they're being gnome-like when they make fun of gnomes. All right, moving on. All right, here we go. Are you ready, Kelly? Okay. We're on to we're on to C number three. So you've we've already what did we get past? We got past a porcupine, right? Giant, of course. It's D and D, right? And yep. uh, the first thing we got by was uh, what did we get by the first time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, it was a fake something. Uh, yeah. What do you do? You attack with the silver yeah. attack with the silver dagger. It was some sort it was of some werebore. Oh, that's right. I think it was it's a werebore. Yeah. Okay. Finally, you reach the entrance entrance to Maximus's lair. Yet no door can be seen in the solid rock face you are at. Lucky for you, Garth told you about the secret door, which must be opened by a sequence of taps on the stone. Slowly a door comes in view and creaks open to reveal an empty entry chamber in which you walk into. As you proceed, the chamber narrows to a 10-foot-wide corridor going south. After lighting a torch, you see that there is an opening from the right about 30 feet down the corridor. As you cautiously walk up, you suddenly hear something running around the corner towards you. Into view pops about a dozen kobolds screaming at you, kill, kill, kill the invader in common. What do you do? There are 10 choices. I think I might as well just roll a die 10 based on my luck. Don't yeah. you think? Random is better than me trying. For you, it's, you have a better chance. Random, yes. Right. C1. Attack them immediately with the silver dagger. Now, keep in mind, you've used some of your spells, buddy. That's why you've been fine. You've done a bunch of stuff. You mean I've actually played a gnome illusionist fighter? Correct. Right. <laughs> Whereas I've done that. Hey, okay. 1E is all about resource management, my okay. friend. C yes. Okay, thank you, Kelly. C1, attack them immediately with silver dagger. Well, I don't know. I need a silver dagger on them. C2, use staff of fear on them with dagger ready on the other hand. Oh, that sounds good. I don't know what a staff of fear does, but it sounds good to me. Yeah. C3, attack immediately with short sword. There's so many of them. C4, change self into kobold quickly. Then walk up to them saying, ho, friend, in common, with dagger ready if this plan to get out of this fails. C5, ooh, I like this one. Cast color spray on them with dagger ready if spell, fa uh, spell fails on them. C6, cast a spell illusion or read scroll of same spell at this obvious illusion, then walk past them with mace ready in hand in case it fails, C7, cast invisibility, then run past them with mace in hand, just in case. C8, cast invisibility, then slowly and quietly try to go around them with dagger ready in case of... Dot, dot, dot. C9, cast audible glamour and make noise of many gnomes coming from the chamber. 
pulling out mace for yourself for defense. Oh, that's, that's very creative. I like that. Mm-hmm. C10, use staff of fear on them, then attack with sword. So that's different than two because that was dagger. I've got, I, I, I kind of like the color spray. There's a bunch of good ones there. There's, there are good, well, that's the one that I liked about this is there were ones that, there were multiple ones that could work and, of course, multiple ones that could not work. It's, yes. So, all right, anybody else? Uh, so uh, you want to select first, James? Because Kelly wrote this, so he probably right. He, he knows made, the the best thing. I mean, it's only been thirty five years. Right. I'm sure. He, well, I'm sure he went through and figured it out. Well, I I feel like that um, because we're supposed to be a gnome illusionist. So I'm going to go with the invisibility. Okay. Which, which one is that? Okay. So seven you, or eight. So C seven is cast invisibility. Then run, run past them with mace in hand. Yeah. C eight is cast invisibility. Then slowly and quietly try to go around them yeah, with dagger. Red. I'm going to go with C eight. Okay. Because if it's an illusion, then I don't have to worry about it. Bucky Argyle has a question mark after number nine on the chat room. So he's he. I don't know if that's his choice. Cast audible glamour, make noise of many gnomes. Bucky's the one. He's been with us the whole time, hasn't yes, he? He has. So, yo, Bucky was with me getting hit by the porcupine, right. I think. Yes, we both picked that. Yeah. Right, right. We tried to talk to it. That's, that's true. All right. So, Bucky's going to C9. All right. Kelly, what is your choice? That's right. Well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on, Kelly. You need to pick yours first. You no, know, it'd be great yeah. is if Kelly got killed in his own thing. Right. That would be amazing. <laughs> I want to. I probably will. See, I take bigger risks now than I. Um, but one of my skills is not many people know this word. I'm an actuary. An actuary is a person that can calculate odds in a split second. And as a DM, that's a good skill. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You got to calculate odds. Someone asked me a question. I say, you got a 5% chance, right? Whatever. So what I like initially when I heard it was I like the idea of tackling with the silver dagger because kobolds have one to four hit points and a dagger will do four maximum, but you're probably going to take some damage, right? However, no kobolds and gnomes are... Bitter enemies, right? That's right. So you're going to get bonuses to hit those. So my gut tells me that That's I'll right. probably get you killed by some daggers. Because I want to save those other spells for later. I see. Supporting my, my, my more... Because my, you might need them for later, right? Eh? Resource Just, management. Right. So he's going to go with the silver dagger. Which one is that? That is... Uh, let me see. That is C1. Attack C1. them immediately with silver dagger. Now, I think that's probably going to cost me 15 hit points, but we'll see what that happens. That would be hilarious. Right. So what, what are you I'm doing? I'm doing color spray. I love color, color spray. spray. Remember that time I did color spray on that, you guys? Killed yeah. the whole party, total party kill? Right. Now, you know that only potentially affects only six of the kobolds, right? You understand. I know, but they're going to be so scared at that point. Okay. They see a big wizard. That's right. right. Well, a little wizard. A wi- little wizard. <laughs> the little wizard. The little wizard. Do you remember that movie Wizards? No, I don't remember. Okay. We were talking about Excalibur. Okay, so and right. Bucky's going with number nine, which is what? That is cast, I like this one, cast audible glamour right. and make noise of many gnomes so, coming from the chamber, pulling out mace for yourself for defense. That's, yeah. Kelly is one. Have, I'll see what happens. Kelly right. is one. James is eight, we said. Or which one am I? Seven you, or eight. You are. I want to sneak past them. Which one? Okay. Oh, that is. Sneak past. C8. C8. And you are, what is yours? Because I'm, I'm recording these down. So you don't change them later. Color spray. <laughs> All right. I am color spray. I'm C5. C5. So Kelly's C1. Yep. I'm C5. And then we've got, a, we've got an 8 and a 9, right? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. We have a good point that David reminded us. What level is he? Fighter? He is. Oh, that's right. Multiple attacks multiple for less attacks than one. Oh, that's, that's right. right. So Kelly could be right. Yeah. 
Not a thief. He's a fighter. He's a fighter illusionist. That's, that's right, because you know, as you not a thief illusionist. That makes a big that's difference. Right. For and as you may recall, right, he gets for characters with for creatures with one less than one hit die, you get one attack this per level. This is why right? he's a master. Oh man, this is why I'm a better DM than I am a. Uh, okay. Well, who, where who is, says who? That's right. They're both terrible. <laughs> who said? Who's telling you this? I don't know. Six level. He'd get six attacks. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's why? This is why we have. Let's this is why it. we have people like. The Chamberlain, most august of Australia, and uh, well, what we're here to learn. Right, we? that's the way I view it. Is we're here to through learn. our ignorance, people learn. We have the we're the example for others. Exactly. All right, let's see what the answers. Here are. we go. Okay, C one. This was Kelly, right? Yep. It's gonna get me killed. No, you did pretty well. You yep. kill these. What? You kill these illusionary kobolds. Oh, they're illusions. They're illusions. But but you take two hit points in melee because he uh, doesn't realize. I that's guess right. right? He no, does. you did very well. They were illusions. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, oh man, bad. I got a bad feeling. I'm thinking I just wasted a spell. All right. What are you on to C5? C5. This spell does not work on illusory. <laughs> I'm terrible. I like, <laughs> I like playing nose. They don't like me. Oh, okay. You got three hit points. I'm down to nine. I think I'm down to nine. I think you're I think dead. I'm taking nine. No, I'm not dead, am I? No. I'm not dead. Where are my hit no. points? You see hit no, points? No, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It, what do you mean it you've doesn't? Been, you've been hit every time. It doesn't matter if I'm alive or dead? You've literally taken damage every time. Okay. This will be the first damage I take, probably. Okay, so what are to C7? Eight. C8, same as C7. These illusory kobolds do not see you because you don't think they would. You are. Oh, did I take no it. damage? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. It's not over till it's over. I didn't take any damage. We'll see what happens huh. in the fourth quarter, right? So just for those keeping at home, I haven't been touched yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know my enemy. There may, some, there may be some you pick that will give you no damage, but down the road when you can't pick those high-level spells, then you're screwed. Then you take a lot of damage. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? you got to spread them out. Well, I, I had the worst of both worlds. I lost my spell, and I took damage. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so for, and do, let's do C9. C9. No effect on illusory kobolds. Take one hit point of damage. Okay. Sorry, Bucky, you still took a damn. But see, my thing, I'm playing, we haven't, oh. we're not as fortunate as you. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I got 50, is this 50, 50 hit points. I'm so doing fine. Uh, we assume that we're not going to play for seven years, that eventually we're going to get tired of this and we're not going to, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll never make it to the end of the module. So, you know, it's always play now. So I agree, if we were playing the long game, we would definitely do that. Kelly, can, that was a lot of fun. Can Thank I ask you, Kelly. Can I ask you a real quick question? You had an ad in here that said Lyra Medusa coming soon, uh, but this is the December 82 edition, and my understanding is this came out in 82. I know you probably can't answer this. It's been so long. But it seemed like this would have already been out by that point. It was just to compliment. The ad was, it was an ad to compliment it, right? Like, uh, two neuron horn sort of thing. You know, I had a media... My, got to remember, it was my media... For my product, right, right, which is great, right, and it's free. Cost me a page, big deal, right. So, uh, did you start with? I, I probably, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you start with modules first and then do the magazine, or you said I'm going to do a magazine and? Oh, magazine first. Magazine yeah. was for yeah, magazine, and then uh, I did. I just got inspired to do some modules. You know, I didn't. I am very critical about. Even TSR stuff, you know the early stuff. I, sure. I, they're, they're, 
Tungsten is too big and not everything should be to, to attack you. It should be things to help you. Like, and I always felt there was, um, if you had a druid, you were screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, you're, if you're a druid, you were screwed. You, so I like to throw plants in and insects and birds and shit like that. I, I still do that a lot. Butterflies, moths, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Like, uh, look, look at Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings, right? He talks to the butterfly. Butterfly goes and gets some, some giant eagles. I think that's a great thing. Great skill. And, and let me mention this, because you reminded me of this. Something you said reminded me of something I really liked in this module, which I think should be done in all modules. You mentioned for each room, you identify how big the door is, yep. what it's made of, is it locked. You also indicate is what noise is in the room if someone attempts to listen and is successful. Yeah. And you also indicate what the smell of the room is when you open the door. I think that's brilliant. Yes. I think that's brilliant. So maybe you could talk a little bit about why you decided to do that and then why you felt it was important to include that. Smell is a very important factor, and it's never used a lot. It, when you're watching a movie, you can't really pick up on that, right? Like, you can't smell what they smell. But when you're in a... I used to explore a lot as a kid. We used to go down the sewers and shit, and you smell... There's different smells, right? right. Uh, I have a really good sense of smell, which is why I feel sorry for dogs because I smell people all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I smell people. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a guy the other day, and I said, I, I, this girl had I said, I can't stand him. He smells so bad. And it's not just his socks. It's his whole everything. Because I have almost as good as Logan. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I can smell people. And that plays an important part. And also... You can smell something, it'll bring you back to a memory. Maybe grandma's kitchen or something. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Smells big. So I thought that if I could, uh, it's usually, does it smell damp? Does it smell dusty? Does it smell like death? Uh, even worms. Worms have a smell. Like, it's weird. As a kid, we play with ants. Ants have a smell. And they're just, it's uh, overlooked. So I tried to put as much detail as I could because of that. That's, I want to be so different from TSR and all the other ones, you know. Uh, you can't have too much detail. And when I do my games, like during the village right now, tons of detail, tons of detail about everything. Well, it's, it's too much work. It is a lot of work, but it certainly makes things easy for the DM. Right. Because that's the first thing you need to know. The party always wants to know things like, okay, what's the door? They'll ask these things. What's the door made of? And it usually it never says anything about you got to kind of fumble around. Oh, wood, whatever. Right. You make it up. I listen. Does it I open in or out? They does, always want to know that. Does it open in or out? Um, so I thought that was very clever. I think I used that in, our, in the tournament module. I, I can't remember if I did or not, but it's something I... I like to think about and, and include when I'm writing stuff. Um, a couple of the other things I liked, your, your sense of humor was on display again with the sword. Sec. S-S-S-S-E-C-K. It works against snake-like creatures. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Right? So there's, yeah, so there's, as you can see. I forgot that. Yeah, there's Sec. Again, that's Eric. I said to Eric, do that for me. He did that sword for me. He was great that way. It's a snake snore sword. And he did it for me. He, he was fantastic to work with. And can I add, and, and, and I also noticed that he would write his name backwards, Hots. It's probably hard to see. 
but he was yes, actually he, he would write it back over here as well. I don't know why he did that, but uh, every artist has their, their thing. Yeah, and he, he did he did that. Yeah, he and he was he's a very uh, humble per, very humble person, humble about his skills. Yeah, very and, talented. Yeah, it, it, the artwork's wonderful, and um, also, can I? I'd like to ask you quickly about the Greek theme because I know it's Medusa. Yeah. And I wanted to know if it was coincidental that you know you have two Greek deities. You have the uh, right the the goblins have been wor- wor- worshiping Hecates. I think I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. And I know that there's a cleric in there who is a cleric of Poseidon. And yes. I really played on that and tried to create a Greek theme. Was was that your intent? I'm a big fan. I have three boxes. Like I got a lot of figures. Here. I got three boxes of Greek figurines all in bronze armor which i love i love the look of the shields and the helmets and you know clash the titans type shit and uh and if you look at most of your monsters they are most of your monsters uh, mythology they're from they're greek right right the medusa the, a lot of them the cyclops and i always like to throw in some greek type things in my, any game i got a cyclops in this village zone right now you know it's not a greek thing but i threw in a cyclops i'm gonna do stuff like that so yeah um and i used to run a lot of greek campaigns uh with my gamers they were fans so they like that sort of stuff and i think and also what i like is a lot of this reminded me of kind of old school i mean it is old school of course dungeons because i think you had in there you had these old rooms where there had been like what a a hunchback that had been on display uh the famous hunchback of glimpton Right, a written in Godwin. Oh, here is, you know, here is the famous hunchback of Glimpton, uh, and uh, you had a lot of very unusual uh, rooms in there, which I which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, the old the, the old the Godwin performers guest room, where they would um, right. I think somewhere they had they had props and a puppeteer. Wow. The Godwins had the Godwins had uh, yeah they had a puppeteer there. They had puppet shows. That's surprising. It makes it makes well. It does to me because it makes me feel a little bad when I slaughter them. But. Yeah, you don't understand that. They have yeah. families. Yeah. They like puppets. Because in our group, there's no talking to them. I mean, you're always trying to role play the goblins and try to be sensible, and we set them on fire. That's typically what happens. Yeah, you don't. Right. That's terrible. It's terrible. I'm sorry, Kelly. What were you gonna say? That's my weird sense of humor coming in. I got. Uh, in this Arab campaign, slavery is alive and well, so they're always coming across uh, cages full of black slaves. And two of the characters are black jungle uh, rangers, right, from the jungles, and they hate slavery. So in the last session, playing the one girl, sees these slaves and sees a half-work with a plate of food, bringing food to these things, and kills this guy that brings the food, thinking he's a slaver, but he's not. He's just the guy that was hired to bring food. So I said, I would say as a joke, his last thoughts were, oh, what a way to go. And all this for minimum wage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all he's doing is bringing food for these slaves and he gets killed for it. Killed for that, three copper pieces. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Dan's uh, thing is he'll pretend that they have little pictures of their goblin family. That when you, Because, of course, the, as soon as the monster is killed, the party jumps on them. They're not even... They haven't even fallen to the ground, and they're looting the bodies. And so he would be like, 
Oh, you find a picture of have a, a note, handwritten note from the <laughs> wife saying, "Have a good day at work." Skrklak or whatever his name right, is, right. and uh, we would just toss it aside. Don't care. It never worked. Yeah. I tried to make you feel bad. This it was didn't not. Work. This was not all quiet on the Western Front where we were concerned about the uh, other guy. But that yeah. I think that's you need to do that, or else they just become faceless mobs. That uh, you know, that's it becomes to that back to that video game thing. So that's very that's that's a good. DM tip for people to remember. So, so you're, you're so you're still playing. You're still hosting. Are are you still writing at all? Uh, well, I'm writing all the time because I have storylines going on wherever they're going. Like, there's the big story. There's the small story. There's the little village story. There's. It's hard to explain, but I put a lot of work into it. But you got to have a bit of history. A bit of motiv- motivation is important. Why does this guy go to work? Why does this person work? Like, for instance, two people got killed in the... And there's going to be... Has, uh, there's cent- the centaurs, the centaurs, they're the law here. And they run a tight ship. And so these people are being tracked down as criminals. Of course, they're D&D party members. Hack and slashers. Yeah. But law is going to... They're going to have to pay to the law. They're gonna, so... Uh, the, whenever they do stuff, there's usually a consequence or a reaction. They were they're fighting a cult, a fire cult, almost like the one on uh, Game of Thrones, mm. fire cult, fire cult. And uh, now there's a hit put on them. In fact, there's a, a strike team put together, to chasing after them. A strike team just made for these guys in this group, which is they're like a D and D party after D and D party, yeah. which is sort of neat. And it's got a troll and a beholder and a whole bunch of shit working together after them. So I like to put stuff like that. Um, and I'm like like your buddy does with the little notes. You have a nice, here's a lunch peg. Have a nice day at work, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he, never, he just never came home. He just never came home. Wanted, yeah, missing. Have you seen Papa, this? Papa. Where's Papa? On, on, on goblin milk jugs. That's right, goblin Have you seen milk this guy? Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, well, um, we have one final... Request from yes, you. Yes, we do have a request, and this okay. you may not be willing to do this, we, but we we would like we, to see. If you and pop. and if you can't do this, we understand completely. If it's naked pictures of me on the net, it's already on the net. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that was going to be tough. Right. That wow. Was, that was that, easy. That was a lot simpler. That was easy. Yeah. 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 Now I did do my Google research. I did find those. Um, I didn't bring those. So that. so um, we seek for what Gary Gygax could not was, get. Could not get. Um, I don't know if you're able to still, you still have the authority to do this, but we'd like to know if you would um, give, if, if you would, on behalf of Delph, give official Delph approval to the Grog Talk podcast. Yes, to this podcast and to the Grog Talk. Yes, it would be an official Delph product enhancement. Look, that was my friend Ben's idea. He, he's got a warped sense of humor. He says, we're going to put this right on the front cover. That's his weird humor. I, I, I forgot all about that. Okay. Yes. You can be official Delph. Yes. He'll get a crack out of it. He'll Whoa. get a kick out of it. He will. Ben will really get a kick out of that. We got to put that somewhere. We, well, we're going to put it on the website. Official, yeah, officially, officially approved, approved by, by Delph. Yes. That's right. So thank you for that uh, uh, tremendous honor. That was really the only reason we had you on. Right. Everything before this was just right. leading this to that. Just, this is just a workup. Workup. <laughs> our work is done. Something that... He could never get. Yes, it. look at him. He's looking at it. He's always got that it, look. He's got that look of you, 
jerks, you idiots. Why? Yeah, it's the second one, you idiots. Yeah. It's not, you it's seriously? <laughs> yeah, he's not impressed, but I'm impressed. All right. Well, well, Kelly, we appreciate your, your morning spending time with us today. We'd the, sun, love to have... the sun is up. Look back That's there. Right. The sun has risen. The sun has risen. Pretty bright. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, you have our contact information. If you want to come on, you're working on some. You have a lot of fans out there um, that are really appreciative of, of what you're doing. We're on Twitter, and people, are, you know, we have a, a good friend of ours, Leroy, in, uh, he's in, I think, British Columbia. Um, and you know, him and his him and his group are looking for first encounter. I think, you know, for not only for the Canadian D and D you know role playing community, but all over, uh, your your work stand the test of time. So thank you for your time with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for putting me through the layer of Medusa. I haven't looked at that in thirty something years. That's hilarious. But uh, I'm surprised they did well. <laughs> um, yeah, my party. Yeah, my party. My party. Well, you know, the thing is, 30, I wasn't there. Thirty-five years later, players are very cautious. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, they're veteran players, and um, I enjoyed the part about. And so, here's a little spoiler. So, stop listening if you want to go through it. That's so hard to find the adventure. Is that, oh, that um, is that the mirrors melt? So everyone, of course, has mirrors and they're ready to, you know, do reflect back. Uh, but the mirrors melted. But no, but they're very smart because players nowadays. You know, they grab the knoll and they squeeze information out of the, you know, they'll, they'll charm the knoll or something like that. And so, you know, they, they're able to get, bypass a lot of the tricky ears pretty quickly. They got to the evil magic user pretty fast and, um, you know, had the lightning bolt, but they survived it. And, um, you know, they, they were able to find their way to Medusa. And uh, so, th- so they did well. But it, it, it's an entertaining adventure. As I mentioned, I love the sense of humor. It's a lot of fun. It's very hard to find. So the reality is, for people who are listening to this, if they're like, oh, let me go buy Lyra Medusa and run it, that's not going to happen. But I do encourage you to think about maybe, uh, you know, uh, having this be available, you know, maybe through something like Drive-Thru RPG. You know, you're probably, you're not going to get rich, of course, but, you know, you could probably make a little bit of money anyways, and at least then it would be available to people. uh, Print-on-demand kind of services that are out now, so... If I scanned it, just scan it as a PDF and people download it. I don't care. I mean, it's it's old, right? It's first edition, and I am a true grognard by definition. You are. You know what I'm talking Absolutely. about? Yes. That's the name of our show. Yeah, grognard. I love. It. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, and that's really I really appreciate you saying that because there's there are adventures out there where people who own the rights, you know, really, you know, they're not they're not selling it. They don't seem to care about it anymore. You know, they could simply do a PDF. It's their rights. Right. They, it's not TSO. You know, they wrote it. They could simply PDF it and say, here it is, World Take. And you can do that too, I believe. Kelly, you can put on these sites that it is a free download, or you can, what, you can have no donations. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of them where it's just a free PDF, like, like uh, the Beholder Contracts, which we're going to be doing, is a free PDF download. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I encourage you to think about making that available. I mean, I know... I don't know if how Alan Grohe will, will feel about that because maybe his, his, value. His, his investment will decline. But he likes it. I mean, this is original. So, right. I mean, that, the investment is still there. Uh, but so, yes, that, that, I think that would be great so other people then could go through this fine and fun adventure. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Oh, that's good. Thanks, guys. It was a great. I've never done a podcast before. It was really cool, man. Well, okay. we'll ha- you know, again, if, uh, if you want to come on, something comes up, or if you decide, hey, I'm going to put stuff, uh, you know, I think, I think old school 
grognards, a lot of them kind of poo-poo, not poo-poo, they go, ah, no one cares about it. You have people, if you put something out, people would respond. So uh, you, you don't have to just uh, keep it to your gamers. You could spread it with others. And if we can help with that, just let us know. We'd love to talk to you again in the future. I'm going to send you more of my proficiency skill sheets, like farting and stuff like that and bowling. Oh, thank okay. you. That would be great. We I'll would send love it that. to you regularly, okay? All right. Thank well, you so right. much, Kelly. Have a good night. A good day. Thanks, Kelly. Sure, guys. You too. Good. All right. Thank you. That, that was great. That was great. Wasn't that great? That was super fun. And we're Delph approved. You know what I love? We, the last and most important. You got to get that. I know, I know I just give you this work, but you got to get that officially approved by Delph. That's got to be. That's going on the website. That's awesome. It's going on the website. It's, in fact, uh, we, we, I need to have something underneath you right now. We have our grog icon. I need to put a little text approved by Delph. Officially. 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 Course, it's got to be exactly like yes. that. Officially. Excuse me. Yep. I didn't got to write that. Officially. Officially. Approved. By Delph. Delph. Yep. And I think Delph is in cap. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I love is. I love having people on the show who are people that we can sort of relate to that were kind of, I mean, obviously, Kelly was doing a lot more than we were because he was putting out a fanzine at the time. But I love not only having the Ed Greenwoods and the Jim Wards on the show, but I also enjoy having the Kelly Villamere's on the show. Oh, my goodness. You know, yeah. people who were just, you know, are, were kind of like normal blokes back in the day, you know, but we're, we're, we're playing the game like we were and have a lot of great memories uh, that, that we can relate to. So uh, that was a lot of fun. That was, and, and you know, having, getting folks together who hadn't talked to each other in 35 years. Now, fortunately, they were on good terms after 35 years, you know. I thought about it. So I sent, uh, yeah, so I let Kelly know this morning, oh, by the way, Eric Hotz might be appearing. And I was a little nervous sending that because I'm like, well. Yeah, he could have stiffed him with a bunch he of He could have been the $40. Right. Maybe he was. And Kelly forgot that it was Eric, and it was awkward. But, yeah. but Kelly's memory was bad. Yeah, Eric's, or it wasn't Eric's bad. obviously a very gracious guy. He got stayed up. What it's five in the morning. He was four thirty in the morning. He's dealing with this. Both so. of, both of them to get up that early, and particularly Eric because uh, he uh, he goes to bed pretty late, and he's he's got to work today. So thank yes, yeah, so thank you so much to Eric uh, for coming on, and so happy to know that Eric went on to such. You know, a distinguished career. Right. Uh, in that day, it was great to hear how first encounter. And, and I think we have an opportunity because you know we're going to talk about some announcements here. Um, you know, there's there's an opportunity to work with him, and who, well, how cool would that be to have someone from that time to do some work on? I'd him? be blown away. And it's, and apparently he does it for free. So. <laughs> well, no wonder he's not getting paid. He's admitting on the air. Right. Well, because we wouldn't ask for it. Now that we're approved by Delph, we would ask Kelly to ask Eric. Hey, I've got this idea. That's right. For this convention in Florida, right? Do some artwork. Oh, we, uh, so do we need to get? Have we guys gotten Delph approved for everything? Do you I think? I heard a blanket approval. So like Grogcon, Grogcon officially is approved by official, Delph. Yeah, Grogcon is officially. So we don't have to keep going back to Kelly because no. I'll get annoying to him probably. No. Hey, Kelly. Yeah. I just ran, wrote this module. Can I get Delph approval? Officially, that's right. I gotta keep I gotta official. Officially approved by Delph. Because you right. know, there's a lot of people out there that say they're approved by Delph. Yeah, it's not official. That's it. That's I think it. Gygax in his it did Gygax. I think for a time, is my understanding, is claimed he had Delph approval. Wow. He never used the word official though. I think as to to kind of as to, to plausible deniability. I never right. said it was official. Right, right, right. You know. Right. Um, all right. So we've got some announcements, and then uh, when's we, break time? I'm getting old. You need a break. 
I think I'm getting old. Okay, so we need a five minute break. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Wow. <laughs> okay. Getting, so, so, so upcoming. For those who are, you know, we are, you know, what is unique is we are a live call-in D&D show. That's pretty cool. That's right. And, and officially approved by Delph. So most people could keep going, but we're going to take a, a five-minute break. That's what you get when it's the real deal. I'm, I, I will, we're going to uh, do our announcements, but before that, just a, a quick teaser, we are going to have Carlos from Castle Entertainment do our Greyhawk Hex run He's when we come going. back on. So we're going to take a break. Okay. Get Carlos set up um, and do our int- uh, announcements while he's on, and then we'll do the hex crawl, and then we'll do the rest of the shenanigans after. Right? That sounds so, great. So we will be back in. Hold on, in, in uh, five minutes. You're listening to Grog Talk, officially right. approved by Dell. Right. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved. 